Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Inside Purple and Gold. All right, back with Inside Purple and Gold. Jace Frederick joined by the Athletics Patriots beat reporter, Chad Graff. Chad has spent the last four seasons covering the Vikings and shedding a little bit of light on maybe what he saw and what he thought was coming up uh, for 2022. First off, Chad, this offseason, and you mentioned Kevin O'Connell, but I also am interested, like, what were your initial impressions of Quasia Dofa Mensa? taking over the personnel department for Minnesota Um, initial impressions, maybe not even so much on what he did, because I want to get to that right after this, but just what you thought of him as, you know, your initial interactions. Initially super impressed, could see why people gravitate toward him, could see how he interviews well, Ivy league grad, but doesn't not the kind of Ivy league grad that's rubbing it in your nose of I'm so much better than you, like comes off as a genuine good guy who is, you know, willing to collaborate and work with you and hear out different perspectives. So initially, I think pretty impressed, like the idea of kind of zigging where other teams are zagging. And if everybody else is going for the latest, hottest scout or assistant GM, I don't think it hurts to go the route that the Vikings have. Love the idea of kind of a youth movement um, in both in your two most important spots, GM and head coach. I think he definitely still has a little bit to learn. And I think that you've seen some growing pains along the way. I think he would probably want the comments that he made to USA Today back again. Um, I think he's still learning that you don't necessarily have to be super blunt and forthcoming when we media members ask you questions like, can you win with Kirk Cousins? How are you going to rebuild or reload when you are paying Kirk Cousins this much? You don't have to give the whole truth. You can sidestep the question and It pains me to say, I love when you tell the truth, but I know from being outside of Minnesota when those comments were made that they caught the attention of others around the league and uh, not in a super positive way. Um, So I think he's going to have some growing pains. I wasn't super impressed by the draft. I think that there's still something to be learned about, especially, I know everybody's trade value charts are different. Yeah. Right. But when you're trading with teams in your division, like it better be a slam dunk, no brainer. We're winning this trade because they gave wide receivers to division rivals. And, you know, that's a quick way to constantly have poor drafts thrown in your face is if the Lions turn out to have an awesome passing offense with the receiver that you basically gifted them, 
that's going to get brought up. And I don't know that you have an incredible secondary to combat that. So um, I don't know. It just, there are some unconventional things like that, that give me a little bit of pause. I think overall net positive headed in the right direction, but there are going to be some growing pains along the way. Yeah, when I don't know if it'll happen this year as he comes back from that ACL, but I mean, Jamison Williams has the absolute look of like a generational game breaking wide receiver. And so maybe by the time 2023 rolls around that trade, yes, the value chart looks good. Um, but the fact that you opened up the door for Detroit to have a guy like that who could be like maybe a Justin Jefferson type player um, that that will get looked back on and maybe not so favorably, but we'll see. Um I guess I wanted to say, like, okay, so Quasi comes in, you get his initial impressions, you see the draft. But I think a lot of people, when there was like a youth youth movement coming into the front office, it was like, okay, this sets opens the door perfectly to a rebuild, um, to really kind of reshuffling the deck, maybe move on from a lot of different guys, um, go younger, and and maybe you have to take a little bit of some lumps, but but move in a different direction. And they did not do that. Um, frankly, this was a retool at best. There were a few additions. You know, you can point at Harrison Phillips. This is a Darius Smith um, on the defensive end. It's it's pretty similar. It's a pretty similar group. Did that surprise you that they took that approach this offseason and really just kind of tinkering with the roster? Shock to me. I feel like if you're going to restart, restart. Like, what you had, you, you saw what you had in it. It's by and large the same or very similar to 2018, 2019, 2020. You know, you've seen what you have in this. And yet, uh, and this is probably more a knock on ownership, frankly, that that's yeah. That's the owners go. get to decide, you know, the direction of the franchise and hire somebody who they agree with. And if somebody comes in and says, yeah, this is good enough. We just need some tweaks and some better coaching. And we're going to be competing with the Packers for the division. I would question uh, how either A, genuine they were about those thoughts, or B, what in their scouting process made them come to that conclusion, because I personally disagree with it. Um, but I, I was kind of shocked because it the way that the roster has been constructed, the moves that they've made, basically – all of the moves up until roster cutdown day, when they cut a bunch of Spielman's recent draft picks, mm-hmm. everything up to that point was a move that you could sit back and say, I could see Rick Spielman making that trade. Sure. I could see Rick Spielman drafting that player, making that move, signing that guy, whatever. All of it was very much in line what the previous regime had done. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. And so at that point, if it's all going to be similar and all going to be the same, 
then you're banking on a change of culture delivering five more wins a season. Like I do think a change of culture was needed. I think it's good. I think it will be a net positive. Is it going to get you to 13 wins in a 17 game schedule? Like I'd be shocked. Um, So there's some good things because I think the culture had to change. The collaboration will be good. And all those buzzwords that you've heard are important and will make a difference. And yet I cannot believe that as we sit here, basically a week out from the season opener, the Vikings are rolling into this so, so similar to what they had the last two, even three years. I think the ownership point is a great point, and you need to understand this from a pro sports perspective, and it doesn't get brought up enough. Ownership has a massive hand in everything. Um, like They give you the license to make moves and, and act as you see fit or not. Um, you have to run almost everything by them and kind of get an okay a lot of times. And they push for certain things that, frankly, like if you're looking for your job security or just to get hired in the first place, you might just go along with it and say, well, I'm, I wouldn't have done this, but we can work with it, um, you know, and, and do it with a smile on your face. I never give like GMs a break on that because like you signed up for the job. Um, like you clearly went into the interview process and said what you needed to say or said, yeah, we can make that work. I could, I think we can make something work with Kirk. Um, so I'm not going to give you, Quasi a break on that because he signed up for it. You agreed to it. You knew those were the parameters and you still jumped on in. Uh, but it does make a big difference. Like you ownership factors into all of these things more so than just about anybody would ever guess to a uh, higher extent. And definitely not talked about enough. Like Rick Spielman talked to Mark Wilf every single day during the season. Um, that was something he admitted once when I didn't think he would. I think there was a question about like, hey, when you made that trade or that big signing, did you have to get the approval from Mark Wilf and the ownership group? And he was like, I talked to them every single, like, yes, I talked to them when we're about to sign a practice squad guy. And here's the crazy thing to consider in all of that. Compared to other owners, the Wilfs are relatively hands-off. Yeah. And so the more hands-off owners are still involved in everything. And if they say, we're not rebuilding, then guess what? You're not rebuilding. and that is, I think, where kind of the politics comes into it of if you're one of these GMs, do you say what you actually think in these interviews or prospective GMs in these interviews? Do you say, hey, your roster just simply flat out, straight up, is not good enough to win a Super Bowl? You need to tear it all the way down to the studs and start over? Or do you think, hey, I've always wanted to be a GM. My chance to get this job is to kind of cross my fingers and say, yeah, we'll do a little retooling. And once I'm there, I'll get it figured out. But that is kind of the game that you have to play. And I'm not saying Quasi doesn't truly believe that. Maybe he truly believes just a little tinkering and my magic touch over it will solve the problems. But boy, I, I just, I guess, straight up disagree that um, a little retooling of this roster is all that's needed. Like they squeezed everything out of 2017 and still got smoked in the NFC Championship game. And the roster has gotten considerably worse since then. The defense is miles behind that one. And I just don't see how you're going to get back to that point the way that the roster is currently constructed. And um, this is like, it's uninformed. There's nothing to it. It's just kind of my thought. But like coaches like Mike Zimmer, who had to interview for head coaching position year after year after year, I think that's probably part of the reason why they go into those. They don't get the job because they're too blunt because he probably goes in there and he says, well, this stinks. This 
position group sucks. Uh, this this thing isn't going to work. You have to change this and this. And it, it makes the team walk out and go, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Our team's not that bad. Uh, you know, we're just, we're not that far away from being competitive. Like you need a coach to go in there and be like, well, you know, this is really good. I would just have to change this a little bit. And then they nod and go, yeah, that's what we're looking for. Um, so it, cert, certain personalities, certain approaches, I'm sure interview better because so many of these things like with egos and whatnot, it's, are we that far away? No, we just need to change a couple things. Then we'll be good. And this guy seems to know those couple little things we have to touch up on. And, and, and that's it. Um, you touched on the roster. We've talked about this a lot. Dane and I have like what these NFL top hundred lists come out and whether it's the one that ESPN did, um, where they, you know, the writers do it, whether it's where, uh, the NFL players vote in both of them, the Vikings only had three top 100 players. And in the, the writers one on ESPN, they had one top 80 player, just Justin Jefferson. So we kind of talked about like, maybe that's a little bit of an alarming lack of top talent problem. And then we watch the preseason and we think, well, there also seems to be a lack of depth problem here. Uh, so without you've talked about how it's gotten worse. Where do you rate this roster? Just like maybe in general tiers, like just without actually looking at all the rosters. How do you think it stacks up like middle towards the bottom? Like, what do you think we're looking at here? Yeah, I think it's probably slightly above average. Like here in New England, I'm looking at what I think is a pretty bad roster. Sure. Um, I think there's a chance that they get to the playoffs just because Bill Belichick is that good? It, it almost feels like Belichick is handicapping himself. Like, you you think I can't coach just because Tom Brady's gone? Like, I'll hire Matt Patricia and Joe Judge to run my offense. I'll have nobody you've heard of on either side of the <laughs> ball outside Mac Jones, and I'll still get this thing to the playoffs. Um, so I think the Vikings roster is better than that. I think the Patriots kind of define average roster, or maybe even sure. a little bit below. Um, the standout players definitely help, but some of the standouts are at positions that we've learned aren't quite as valuable as maybe we thought like Dalvin cook, great player is running back super valuable. Not really. It turns out Eric Kendricks, great player is middle linebacker, all that valuable when you're not um, rushing the passer. Not really Harrison Smith, great player safety. It turns out is nowhere near as important as cornerback and cornerback is where the Vikings don't have depth and struggle and how don't have elite players. And so, I just think that the way it's constructed doesn't, as of now, inspire a ton of confidence at the most important positions. I think that can change. Daniel Hunter, if he is healthy, changes that in a massive way. Edge rusher is probably the second most important spot behind um, quarterback. And so if he stays healthy, he answers that emphatically. I just have a hard time saying, yeah, the Vikings get an A for their pass rush when the guys played something like eight games out of the last 32. Um, so I, I think it's probably, I don't know, somewhere around 11, 12, 13, maybe all the way down to 14. If you're pessimistic, um, when you're just ranking the best rosters, they've got some pieces. Um, maybe Christian Derisaw turns into the left tackle of the future as, they foresaw and hoped. And if that happens, and if Daniel Hunter stays healthy, like suddenly you do have some premium position with Jefferson, Derisaw being really good, Daniel Hunter being healthy. Like that can take this roster to another level. Um, that's just a lot of question marks for me to say it's definitively a top 10 roster. So I think it's probably just a shade behind that. All right. We'll take a quick break here. We'll come back, ask Chad. I guess maybe the blame that he would put on Mike Zimmer uh, as, as a thing of how much can change here with the new coaching staff. We'll get into some either wars with Patriots and Vikings as we wrap it up.